We may never know, Uther. I intend to live forever. How dare you show your face here? Uh, faces. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh at that, you idiot! A lot of story there, a lot of lore uh, for those of you who are into that kind of thing. I love you. Welcome to Live, Laugh, Lore, the podcast that explores where we've been and where we may go next in the world of Warcraft. Welcome, everyone, to Live, Laugh, Lore, episode 35, the show that's willing to play through the PTR so you don't have to. Each episode, we'll check in, have some laughs, and talk all about the lore of Warcraft one or two topics at a time. My name is Jin. I am the sacrificial lamb that played through the initial seven <laughs> chapters of the story, only to do it all over again, come live. And I'm joined by the one who's going to need to explain some of this shit to me today. It's it's Allie. We might be in trouble then. <laughs> Uh-oh, we're in trouble. <laughs> oh my. Oh my. Yeah, there's, uh, as uh, Ricky, as real Ricky said, uh, uh, Allie's got some splendid to do because I don't know what's happening on this freaking <laughs> Some storylines going on here. It's very weird. There's some, there's, there's some things too that I, I, yeah, things. 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 We're going to talk about these things and we're going to try and make yes. sense of them. And if we can't, well, we tried. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, before we get to those things and trying and things along those lines, Allie, how has your weeks been? Hmm? How, how much you been up to? It's It's been a busy couple weeks, but, you know, holiday season and whatnot. We did, however, progress on Raid. We got down not only Guardians, but we also got down Facecribe. In one night. Congratulations. That is Which it. I don't I, was kind I don't of think any of us expected. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't think any of us expected Facecribe to be downed in one night by us. But sure enough, Thursday we started it and finished it. <laughs> and won and walked away. <laughs> so yeah, that was good. It was good to get that progression and we we all I think we needed a little taste of progression for sure. And did some Legion time walking. And other things <laughs> <laughs> that I guess must not be that exciting because I can't remember what the other things were. That's why I wrote yeah. them down because I would have oh, forgot too. Yeah, see, we're, I should have written them down. I did Islands for a while with Manny for my stream the last time. Oh, yeah. So that was a lot of fun. That was good times, good times. I can't remember if we talked about that or not yet, though. So that's the thing. And um, other than that, so there was one stream when I had nothing to do. And I'm like... I'm going to play Portal because yeah, I don't know what else a, to play for the rest of the stream. That was a good stream, by the way. Just go check out good, the bot. Yeah, thank you. A good one. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And that's when, you know, well, a lot of things happen that stream. But then Jen's like, I'm going to finish Portal 2. And so. Finish. I had never played it. <laughs> it was okay, my first fine. time through. it. <laughs> and due to conversations with Jen, I. So I've beaten Portal 2 probably three times already. And then conversations with Jen happened. And I was like. I really miss Portal 2. I need to go play it. It's nice. it's a happy comfort game for me. And so I went and played it some and it was lovely and it made me so happy. Yeah, I was a little sad with myself because I was playing it when I was playing it. And I was very, I was, I was like playing a crap ton of it and it was very late. And I had to look up one puzzle because I was just, I was so stumped. So just one. It was just one. But I was very sad at myself. I was like, why did I have to do that? I should have just gone to bed. And I would have got it the next day. <laughs> When we're done with the show, you're going to have to tell me which puzzle. 
Oh, it's the it's the one where uh, uh, friggin' you tell me now? the dude says uh, you're gonna have to go back in time. You know, that's his little hint where you kind of yeah. supposed to go look back at the room you first started in to use some of the gels, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. the gels. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I wasn't used to that stuff, but yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's the one. Yeah, should like I said, should have gone to bed. It would have been fine, but it was like it was like midnight or something now because I was like, I got black portal. That's not fun. <laughs> it's great it's great anyways that's enough about me what have you been up to playing portal 2 <laughs> apparently <laughs> that makes me so happy uh yeah um honestly so what have i been up to so i went and saw the, the latest spider-man movie don't worry i'm not gonna spoil it for anybody very good by the way that's all i'm gonna say very good please if you do have uh, your booster and all that go check it out it's freaking fantastic all right and then i also played spider-man and i beat spider-man so there's a theme. Nice. There's a theme for this this uh, this last two weeks. Is I I beat a whole bunch of games. <laughs> so I play, I finished up the storyline, the main storyline for the Spider-Man and Miles Morales. That was also very good. If you've never played it, I was uh, that, that friggin' ending. Mm, little, I was getting a little misty. All right. Then I also played another game called Never Alone. That was a good. One. That was a very educational, just fun. I liked that one. I was uh, I learned a lot about it. it was a. Uh, it's all, it's all about a Native American like uh, folk folklore kind of like story. It was Ooh, just good. Cool. Check it out. Very fun. And then the final one is obviously Portal 2. I played it for the very first time. And uh yeah, I, I wound up having to beat it. And man, that was a that was a that was a very good game. The only thing, the only thing I'll I will point out is I do specifically remember the first portal. I don't know. Maybe maybe I just figured out the the whole concept of how portal kind of quote unquote combat works. I just remember the GLaDOS fight in the first portal being far more challenging than the, uh, what's that guy's name? Wheatley? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was good stuff. Anyway, sorry if I spoiled a story for you, everybody. Uh, but, you know. The game's only been out, you know, it's forever. Like it's 20 fine. years old or something. <laughs> <at this point. laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good, though. It's, I love that you just get more of a glimpse behind Aperture Science and. All the you get some backstory and get the whole, all this with Cave Johnson. It's just great. And then if you if you really look, you can find like different nooks and crannies that kind of give you a little more. I don't know how much of yet you've seen. So I'll leave it there. All the <laughs> the, the mad scribblings of Ratman and whatnot. But uh, it's. We'll I don't, talk, we'll I don't think it's, I noticed any of that. I don't know. Maybe I'll have to run through and go look for it. No, no idea. <laughs> Anyways, um, it's just a lot of fun. <laughs> It is a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Of fun. I, I like I like the little puzzle games. Those are fun. Are yeah, time. yeah, me too. Yeah, lots of fun. But honestly, uh, in terms of like, wow, I already got AOTC. Uh, raid team's a little bit on break. So, uh, yeah, played a bunch of other games that have been beating them. So it's, it's kind of fun, you know? You, you, you remember that? When you could just beat a game, be done with it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you know, I went through, before, before I started podcasting, I went through this phase where like, I decided I have to at least be playing one game in my rep, my rotation of games that I can actually beat. Nothing open world, nothing MMO, because I need that satisfaction of completing a game finally. And then I started podcasting and that took up a lot of my time. And so I stopped doing that as much. But every once in a while, I've got to do it. Otherwise, I go a little stir crazy. Yeah. Monkey Island. It's got an end. That's why it's right? Good. <laughs> it's good. It helps. It helps. <laughs> it does. But yeah, uh, I actually did a Twitter poll, so I'm going to be continuing this. Uh, I may actually uh, be doing some streaming of, what is the name? Yeah, Jedi. The Fallen Order. Fallen Order. 
Yeah. Yeah, yep, I got yep. that one all queued up and ready to go. So yeah, I might stream that one. So I don't know when. I've not played it. I've not played it myself. I've watched my husband play it some though, and it looks really fun. Yeah, so I'm gonna play that on the old PS5, and you can watch me go through it and go like, oh, look at Jen. He sucks at this game. Yeah, I've never played it before. Of course I suck. <laughs> there we go. Well, as I take a drink, I guess we that'll be my fun little transition to. Hey, what are you drinking? Because I actually don't even know. Because. <laughs> I, I, bought, I bought wintry beer. It was like, hey, this is from San Francisco. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna be in the Colorado area. So I said, get yeah. some wintry. <laughs> I did a little Google, and it was not in my area, unfortunately. And then I was disappointed because the couple times I went to different stores, because I wanted to try something at least a little new. I had some ideas of what I wanted to try. I couldn't find a lot of it. I don't know if it was already bought out or what. But anyways, I found. Something called Accumulation from New Belgium. It is a, a winter hazy IPA. And let me give you the little, the little fluff uh, description here because it's a lot of fun. Inspired by super fluffy, wispy winter snowfalls, this hazy IPA delivers a powdery soft body and a flurry of fruit forward hop aromas. All right. That sounds delicious. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, apparently, apparently this thing I'm drinking is their special ale. Okay. This okay. this one was actually titled Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. And it even says 2021. All right. And I was a little confused. I was like, what's with the, our special ale? But, uh, you know, up the little little top label up here. Right. I was, I was checking it out as you were reading your, your fruity deliciousness with your <laughs> new Belgian thing. Sounds so good. It says, this is the 47th Our Special Ale. So apparently they just called it Our Special Ale a different thing every, every year. So this year it's right. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year from the Brewers at Anchor. All right. This ale made with natural flavors features a new recipe and tree every year. Oh, what's the tree? Oh, we got the Western Joshua tree from the Yucca, the Yucca Valley. Western Joshua tree. Yeah. There you go. Ooh. Yeah. They're really ugly trees, in my opinion. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I was like, they got a new tree every year? Oh, man. Let's see. Every year. But the intent with which we offer it is the same. Joy and celebration of the newness of life. Oh, there you go. That's, that's, that's sweet. It's precious. I like that. Trees symbolize <laughs> the winter solstice when the earth... Uh, when the earth with its seasons, appears born anew. You thought yours was, was flowery language. Man, look at this. <laughs> but yours is like inspirational. Oh, it's great. The natural <laughs> beauty of the California high desert is epitomized by the Western Joshua tree. Again, kind of ugly, but sure, they're all over the place. Uh, <laughs> threatened primarily by climate change, it is a candidate for protection under the California Endangered Species Act. Hey, look at that. I didn't know that. Huh. Learning shit and drinking a great beer. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I I know all about that silly little Joshua trees because I was stationed in 29 Palms for a while and they're everywhere there. <laughs> so. Right. <laughs> all right. Yeah, no, it's good. I mean, this thing's a little nice little winter ale and it's a... Uh, it's very dark, as you can see. It is very dark. Yeah. And it, uh, it definitely tastes, it tastes very, I don't know, like it's like a winter ale. It's like a winter ale. It's a really good one, though. Yeah. yeah. Five stars. 
whatever our rating is. I don't know. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, we never came up with a rating system. We're just going. It's good. It's good. <laughs> Five stars. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, hey, Elliot, you want to talk about Patreon? So I, like, I, like I guess. It's the best. It's the best. <laughs> okay, fine. Hey, hi. Hey, hey, everyone. Do you like supporting shows that talk about the hobbies and interests that you are also into? Or they just, you know, laugh about and get really goofy and silly about? Do you find yourself talking back at the hosts and telling them why they're being silly and being goofy and why they're right or wrong or whatnot while riding on the train? Or taking the dog for a walk or in the car or whatever. If you've answered yes to any of those questions, stay tuned until the end of the show to find out how you can keep the show and our silly habits going. Yeah, I added it in notes now, so I'll actually tell you how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's in there now. Like three or four episodes when we just we just skipped it. <laughs> <laughs> Ta-da! All right, well, to get a little more serious. A little bit more serious, not a lot of serious, because I feel like the first half, first quarter, I'll say, of this ABK news is uh, worth making fun of. That's all I'm going to say. Yep. Worth making fun of, because I think I wanted to say here, I'll, I'll just say only a couple things I wanted to bring up with the news. First up, a letter from Brian Bolchow. I don't freaking care. Uh, sent staff. <laughs> <laughs> was basically the closest thing that you can basically legally write without, you know, basically saying don't unionize because that's against the law. You can't do that. You can't actually say no unionizing. Right. But to summarize this letter, I think the Kotaku headline describes it best. So, yeah, please check out this Kotaku headline. Seriously. And look it up with the W. It's called Please Don't Unionize. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> And if I that, saw that article. Yeah. Had a good laugh. Yeah, fantastic article. So yeah, if you, if you take one good good look at it and you read. And by the way, I'm not going to summarize the article. I'm not even going to summarize the letter. He's just a, being a giant douche, and you realize, oh, you're getting scared now, aren't you? Ass. All right. <laughs> and you can, if you actually read it, like you could tell that they really are. They're 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 starting to to shake a little bit. Yeah, starting, I love starting to worry. I, I love Taliesin's take on this, where it's like uh, apparently by being a horrible, evil, no good, terrible company they may have accidentally created the first uh, union in the games industry so we'll see what happens there <laughs> good job good job and uh, you got that going for you which is nice yeah yeah it's a good job there yeah and uh my favorite take on twitter uh from from none other than uh than my favorite jessica gonzalez she uh posted a picture of a slack conversation it was a, uh, and it said i was on the fence until i got that letter now I signed. The, now I signed. The, basically, the, to say yep. that they wanted to a union because it's, it's like, good job, numb nuts. You uh, basically uh, real convinced a whole bunch more people to probably uh, sign up the, for saying yes. I would like to unionize because I think they actually need what is it like a, a third of their workforce to uh, sign up before you can actually have a vote. Something. It's a I thought it was half. Oh, I could be wrong. Though. That's a decent amount. You need a lot of not yeah. A, you need a lot of signatures to uh, get the whole voting process going. Yeah, I think it's a. I, I think what it is is you need a third to get the, pri- the 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 ball rolling, and then you need at least half to vote yes to unionize. I believe gotcha. that's how it works. I think that's how it works. I could very easily be wrong. If you know better, let me know. I'm kind of curious. Anyway, now I do have a little bit of a little bit of an update on um, 
kind of the actual lawsuit uh, side of things. So um, here we go. Let's see. So on December 13th, during oral arguments and the DFEH's motion to intervene with the $18 million settlement with the, with the EEOC. Remember that one? EEOC was like $18 million settlement. And the DFEH said, uh, that's crap. Yeah. Anyway, so the federal judge denied that request. Okay. So, um, so what does that mean? Basically, the federal judge kind of threw up his hands and said, you are two government agencies fighting, and I'm not going to tell either government agency what to do. Okay, that's, that's kind of the take. Now, here is my very not-a-lawyer understanding of what happened <laughs> here. So, the DFEH filed a motion to stop the EEOC's settlement from going into effect. Like I said, the federal judge took a look at that and was like, I'm not going to tell either of you how to do your job. Not, not, you guys need to figure it out on your own. Okay? Okay. All right. Now, it's not all bad news. Not all bad news. Uh, because um, it simply means that the DFEH wasn't able to stop the EEOC's settlement from going into effect. But they can still proceed with their lawsuit against the ABK. That's, you know, no, it's not stopping that. And on top of that, it also doesn't mean that the $18 million settlement is a done deal either. Because the court right. still needs to hear from the communication workers union's objection from the settlement as well. So that's... Just my little quick update of what I've heard, at least on the, the lawsuit front. Any thoughts on that side of things? Yeah, I had a good laugh when... Now, granted, personally, and this comes from someone who is fairly noobish when it comes to legalese and whatnot, even though my uncle's a lawyer. And I wonder if I should ask him about this stuff. Anyways, um, <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of with DFEH on this one, just only because... The, in the EEOC one, once all the money has been given out and whatnot, there basically there's a clause in there that, that Activision requested or whatever, basically saying that they can tread the evidence. And of course, DFEH needs that. So I'm kind of signing with DFEH. But I had to laugh when the judge was like, you guys are adults. Figure it out. I'm done with both of you. <laughs> basically, to figure it out. And uh, yeah, that was... Uh, that was interesting. It just to, to have the two of them like fighting each other has been sad and frustrating and funny all at the same time for some reason. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's about it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like, OK, I mean, I totally understand where the, the issues from honestly both sides kind of come from. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I just kind of go, OK, fingers crossed that, uh, you know, you know, justice is served is basically what I'm hoping for. Yes. All right. Any other thoughts, updates in the ABK front before we move on? I think we should just move on. All right. Well, let's move on to some fun-er topics. Fun-er. We'll see what, we'll see what happens on how fun they are. <laughs> what you talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about? All right. All right, folks. So you remember last week? Hey, do you remember? remember not last week, but two weeks ago. You know how this works. It's bi-weekly now. All right, so. <laughs> All right, remember I made a joke how we were coming at you live from the PTR? Well, we are. We're coming at you live from the PTR, kind of, because we record a week before you get the episode, so it's never really live, but you get the idea. I played the PTR. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. So, what are we going to be doing today? Well, we're going to be following my journey through the quests that were available at the time, so you can do what you do best, and that is... Click accept and run to the object objectives as fast as possible because it's raid night and you haven't had time to log in yet. 
right. Yeah. <laughs> so if you are a so if you are avoiding spoilers, this is where I will leave you, everybody, because it's this time. I don't know why you got to do it in front of the kid with the effing. All you got to do is say earmuffs to him. Earmuffs. All right. We're going to dive right in, folks, because I went through all seven chapters and we're going to burn through all seven of them. Now, remember, I remember. OK, some of this is going to be a recap because we were talking about some articles and things like that from from where I had talking all about the kind of right. quest lines and stories. So in the words of Inigo Montoya, let me explain. No, there's too much. Let me sum up. <laughs> right. Yes. So that is what we're going to be doing. All right. So. So you log in. It's nine two. It's nine two, everybody. Just let's just let's all, let's close our eyes. We're going to imagine for a moment. It's nine point two day. You log in. So for, what's the first thing that happens? Well, obviously, you get a little quest. It's quest time. Well, it's uh, it's for the freaking Primus. He's like, he's like, whoa, dude, we got to do some stuff. Got to do stuff. So get your get your butt over to Oribos. Stop trying to freaking get your uh, renown up to eighty with Kyrian. Go back to whatever covenant you actually want to be. Get your butt over here. All right. All right. So you guys, I put it here in the notes. He says uh, you need to get to Oribos uh, to do the needful and get to Zareth Mortis. All right. So. We get there. The Primus. What's he doing? He's like, hey, he's like, hey, thanks, man, for coming. Let's 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 stop the jailer. Sound good? Cool. All right, let's do this. So, <laughs> what do we do? What do we do? Well, as we kind of talked about, he makes a big gateway, and you know, like three of their voices of the Arbiter are like, are like, hey, we're a we're a sigil now. How that works, I don't really care. Uh, but hey, <laughs> <laughs> we're a sigil now. <laughs> <laughs> we we open up a portal to Zareth Mortis. Sweet. <laughs> But guess what else happens? We uh, we got we got uh, we get attacked by the moss one or yeah the moss one. We're like wow the moss one. Um, man, we get to jump around and we're on this like animal where I'm going pew, 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 like shooting everybody. Uh, and but then like like it feels like you know everything just like stops like it doesn't work and then suddenly you're like oh no I got kicked off my animal worm and then you fall on down to this like uh, one of the like the, the baddie mounts. He looks like a bad guy mount. It's it's, it's, a, it's a bad guy, right? Uh, but you take okay. control because you're like, bam, bam, bam. You beat him up and then you like fly through the portal. Blah, because then, then the boss were like, bam, screw your portal and they blow it up. All right, cool. But, but, but just so you know, Pelagos came with. Because Pelagos is like, he's like, hey, Primus, um, I got a feeling. I got a feeling like, right here in my heart. I got to help. I got to help the, I got to help the mile walker. And Primus is like, that's cool, dude. Good. It's fine. <laughs> Do your thing. Yeah. It's like, you're not going to get in the way. So go for it. <laughs> So anyway, <laughs> all right. So, uh, so we, yeah, we go through, and our pal Pelagos tagged along. All right, we solve a very basic puzzle, and we open the door, and this Farim dude says, "Dude, scared shit at me." Oh, okay. You're you're one of the good guys. You're not Moss Warren. Scary. All right, all right. So Farim's like, "Hey, <laughs> what's going on?" Anyway, you're basically telling him like, "Hey, uh, I'm here to like deal with the scary dudes that showed up," and he's like, "Sweet, cool." So anyway. Literally, you actually pack his bags for him because he's like talking. He's like, "Yeah, it's really heavy. Can you pack my bags? Pack my bags for me." So you pack his bags. Uh, <laughs> that's that's special. It is special. Libby agrees, and <laughs> I even put it here in the notes. Very kind of someone who's literally trying to save the existence of the universe. Yes. So then we ride off to Haven because we're like, "Hey, we gotta get to. We're gonna do this stuff." And, he, and Fareem's like. He's like, oh, by the way, Haven? Yeah, they kicked me out. Um, we have philosophical differences. Right. Um, I'm just going to quickly explain the philosophical difference between, between Farim or Al-Farim, the mad scribe. Remember him? 
Kareem is basically like, we're learning. Okay, we're going to learn as much as possible. We're going to do whatever it takes to learn. And the the enlightened, those who are in Haven, are like, we got to like the prime directive. We don't mess with people. We don't we don't mess. We don't we want to pristine. We'll keep it pristine. We're protectors. Right. We're we're like ecologists. We want to keep it nice. And Farim just like wants to stick his hands up in the guts and just be like, yeah, what's going on? I want to know it all. <laughs> There's the philosophical differences. <laughs> all right. Anyway. And I also have it in the notes here. Hopefully there's more on that later, but just really not. He just, he likes to get all up in there. So, so we write up in Who there. doesn't? Yeah, he does. Just, just, just get up in there. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> so, then what do we do? So we write up in a haven and they're a whole, they're a jumpy bunch. And they're like, they're like, how do we trust you? Hmm? Hmm? It's like, what do we, what do, we do? And it's like. Uh, you want me to like murder hobo a bunch of those moss horn over there? Is that will that prove that we're like on your side? And they're like, nah. they're like, yeah, that'll work. Go kill a bunch of them, and we'll believe you. So yeah, so we get to work, kill a whole bunch of them. And they're like, sweet, you're on our side now. All right. <laughs> so well, we turn that quest in, and then we get a glorious placeholder cutscene. Hopefully, by the time we get the real cutscene, um, it's good. So I don't know if you've got, I don't know if you've ever seen a, a this great placeholder cutscene. It's literally like, just like you remember, like in Warlords of Draenor when they brought out like the big flashy words where they're like, "Oh, flashy yeah. words!" Right? That's what the, that's that's what this cutscene basically is. It's the big flashy words, but it's like Jailer looks ominous, and then it like changes scenes. It's like Pelagos and the mo- and the heroes are very like surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Wow! Yeah, it's like uh, fancy. It's like they're. It's like whoever is going to be making the uh, the cutscenes. Like they just threw together a really quick one with notes. It's, it's almost like storyboards. <laughs> it's very funny. It's pretty great. I like it. Anyway, so it's like a bunch of text. All right. So anyway, then we got the cutscene. The jailer shows up and was like, "Pack your shit, guys. We got what we need. Let's go." So, well, we're all like, "Okay, at least he's not trying to kill us right now." Uh, well, let's open a waystone. Huh? So we got to open a waystone. Of course, that's what we do. We show up. Yeah. It's like we did the Corthia. It was like, we got to open a waystone. All right. This is when our new enlightened buddies say, hey, the first ones put these waystones in strategic locations so that the mall walkers can clean up the mess that the first ones made. And we're like, and, well, I mean, me as my warrior was probably like, that's cool. But like me as Jin, I was like, this is sus. This is seriously sus. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on. With these first ones. I don't know. Yeah. I'm really curious about so much, so much with them. Yeah. I mean, we kind of really went over that like last time where it's like, what's with the, yeah, what's, what's with the, the waystones in your strategic locations. But anyway, whatever. So we get it open. We got a horror voice, blah, blah, blah. And then everyone's like, oh, cool. You're still alive. Cool. Let's go. And then, then, all right, we to go back. Mm-hmm. And then, I, okay, let's see what I've got here. No, it's pretty funny. So, so we get, well, we got the portal up, and uh, and now our friends go through. And also, it's weird that Jaina is like, thanks, Ma Walker. And then I'm like, uh, hey, lady, I've helped you, like, so many times. Like, my name is Jen. Like, I don't call you Lord Admiral. I just I just call you Jaina. It's, I thought we were <laughs> thought we were closer than that. It's, I don't know. It's just Does awkward. she at least say it was some sassy or sarcasm tone at all? Hey, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. She's like, okay. she's like thanks. Ma Walker. And <laughs> I'm like, really? You, are you doing okay. this? At least I did that. No, at least I did that. That's 
They're like poking fun at it, basically. I, I feel good. like that's probably what they were doing, but I'm just like over yeah. here going like, mm-hmm. Thanks, Jaina. Really, really appreciate that. She kids because she loves. It's fine. All right. Sure. I'll, I'll give it to her because I love <laughs> Jaina. All right. Now, chapter two, we battle onward. That's the name of the chapter. All right. So after we got our old buds uh, in Sarah's Mortis, we go hang out with the Chandra's Feathermoon for some good old stabby stabby scouting goodness. All right. Well, but before you go, uh, be sure to check out the quest with Al Dalil trying to convince uh, his old friend Al Rana, uh, who something goes by Rana now, to go back to him with Oribos. Yep. So, so they, got, they got some real good dialogue between them. And I put their notes. I was like, seriously, don't sleep on this quest. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, you run around and you help out Chandris and you discover that there are Dread Lord shenanigans. You mean shenanigans? No. Oh. You're not shenanigans, right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Can't bring up dreadlords without shenanigans. All right. Okay. So you also you also started to discover some hinky stuff has been going on because uh, there's a damn dreadlord pretending to be you. <laughs> I cannot wait to play through that. I'm so excited. Yeah. You're. You know. What is it? Uh, someone probably Bolvar is like. Oh yeah. You gotta tell the covenants go there. Tell the covenants go there. And you run over there and they're like. Dude, you were here like five minutes ago. You just told us to come here. Like, maybe we're damn mine. <laughs> it's pretty great. All right. So next up, you confront you. Uh, and, <laughs> and you face off against Malganis because Malganis is bah, like, bah, bah. he's like, what's up? How you doing? So, yeah, he just thinks it's funny. All right. So uh, what does he do? What does he do? He face, you face off against you. Um, yeah. And Malganis for a bit before Jaina and Ban are like, hey, bro, uh, you got that covered? We need some help. <laughs> what's, what's happening? <laughs> so anyway, Malganis is like, uh, don't worry. Um, I have delayed my buddy here long enough that my boss, he's uh, he's good. So I'm going to, this is where I'm going to exit stage left and I'll see y'all later. Uh, I'm going to see you in the raid because I'm like the ninth boss. Bye. Okay. <laughs> and Jaina is like, oh, snap. He must have been distracting us from Anduin. Let's go, my walker. Seriously, I have a name, Jaina. Come on. All right. <laughs> All right, well, you get to the forge, and wouldn't you know it, the jailer and Anduin made it into the sepulcher or whatever. Uh, best part, <laughs> just, I love, uh, as you're playing through this, if you really, just, especially if you're just like playing through it like one after another. Right. You start to get the feeling, maybe it's just because you are playing it one right after the other, and you're not, there's not this like weak you know, gap between where it's like, oh, maybe they've been talking to someone. Maybe they've been figuring this out. It's kind of funny because Bane goes, what have they done to the forge? And you're like, bitch, how do you know what the forge even does? <laughs> you just got here. True. Yeah. There's <laughs> a whole bunch of little, little moments like that where you're like, how do you even know what like the normal state is? <laughs> like, Take it easy, buddy. Yeah. It's like, it's sometimes they're like, oh no, we got to have the, the channeling of the things, and we're like, how do you know what that is? <laughs> I, I got a guy. <laughs> anyway. Information spreads. It's fine. It's fine. I, like I said, I mean, they are hanging out with the Enlightened, and according to them, they've been gone for eons. That's literally what they what they say, that they've been missing for eons, but, you know, time is not a construct of this. It could be a bad weekend. I don't freaking know. Right. Time's not a construct of death. No, whatever. 
All right. So like I said, dude just got here. Uh, how do you know what the giant floating ball is? And yeah, anyway. So that's chapter two. I didn't know that's chapter one, but no, that was chapter two. two. Yeah. yeah, I was two. All right. So forming an understanding is the next one. This is a pretty quick one. Which is pretty quick. Don't worry. All right. So next up, next up, we got to, we got to, what am I doing? So we got to give Pelagos a hand with some noises he heard or something. Pelagos, Pelagos is jumpy. Pelagos is like, I heard some shit. All right. So it, <laughs> <laughs> it turns out it's an oracle and we got to help it out. But the enlightened are like, you gross, filthy people. Mm-mm. No, you, you're going to get your yuck on the oracle. No touching the oracle. I don't know. I feel like the enlightened are like when your mom used to tell you that it's like, never touch a baby bird, right? The mom will reject it and then it's going to die. That's actually a bunch of bullshit. Like, touch the baby bird, put it in the nest. <laughs> Animals aren't that weird. They're not going to abandon their children just because they smell funny. <laughs> okay. So anyways, that's the that's kind of what the enlightened are doing. They're like, no, no, you can't do it. And Pelagos is like, I'm going anyways. And I'm like, Ma Walker's like, yeah, yeah, let's go, Pelagos. All right. Uh, as a matter of fact, you know what Pelago says, like right in front of their face, is like, hmm, I wonder what Fareem would think. And they're. <laughs> <laughs> Pel- is Pelago's getting sassy? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. It's like, maybe we should go talk wow. to Wow. And the Enlightened are like, don't you talk to that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and Pelago's is like, I think we will. <laughs> so, anyway, that's what they do. They're like, they're like yeah, so they go. So we go find Fareem, uh, and and then we go find it. And anyway, and he's like, he's like, dude, an oracle? What? What's going on? Oh my gosh! Anyway, so apparently there's an oracle, and after there's some conversations, uh, Fareem pulls out a core that we track down with him, and then boom, we get poke a poke. So that's like week three. We get poke a poke. It's like a pokeball, and it's pretty. He's pretty awesome. He he kind of like rolls oh, around. All he right. just follows us around. He's a pretty adorable little guy. All right. So, well, we chase that little guy around, then we learn about the cipher of the first ones. And with this news, we head back to Haven, and we tell Bolvar, dude, I found a ball. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, basically. Yeah, I mean, that's Pokeball. It's like, we found a a ball that is kind of sentient. Kind of cool. If, like, I went to the toy store, and I was like, hey, I got a ball, you'd be like, that's stupid. But if I was like, a ball that walks and talks, and it's like, wants to give me, like, warm hugs, like Olaf, you'd be like... That is actually kind of cool. That's Pokebook. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Chapter four. We're moving right along. This is Shattered Legacies. This is Shattered Legacies time, everybody. Remember that cutscene? So we got to wait four yes. weeks. It's four weeks for the whole cutscene. Okay. Well, okay. Oh, oh. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, we get to watch the cutscene as Uther shows up uh, with some news. He just pops up. Because we... We set up like a whole portal in Orbo, so it's fine. People just walk in and out now. Um, and basically what happens is uh, right after that, Bolvar is like, uh, yeah, sure, that's neat and all, but we need to fix some harmonic channels. Again, how do you, what is a harmonic channel? How do you know what a harmonic channel is, Bolvar? Sub with that. <laughs> so, I think they've just been talking to the lightning ones. Yeah, I mean, it's been four weeks, so I'm sure they've been having chats. Like I said, this I was doing this all in one night. It seemed weird to me at the time. <laughs> well, are they still... I thought I heard somewhere that they weren't doing a chapter a week anymore. Like it was going to be more open and let people do what they want. I don't know. I, don't, I, don't I could know. be wrong. I, could I have be. that in my head, though. I could be wrong, too. But anyway, 
Regardless, they've been right. talking to the enlightened probably. And he's like, yeah, we got to fix the harmonic channels. So we get to help uh, with uh, Elder Ar- Ara. Yep, so it's one, it's one of the enlightened. Okay, so we chat with the Elder. And then we go digging up some dirt. And we find some old stones that are used to power their flight paths, basically. They're like, hey, we got some stones. The long story short, we had to power up the stones up again before we could use them. Well, after we get them all powered up and ready to go, we head back to the flight point to install them in Bolvar, Uther, Sylvanas, and Jaina. We're having a little powwow now. Anyway, Sylvanas is like, how are you going to fight someone that can control you like puppets? We need to save Anduin first. And they're like, that's, that's a good point. It's, it's, yeah, it's a good yeah. point. Well, finally, this is where uh, unlock a fight flight point. <laughs> yeah, we unlocked, the, we unlocked the flight point to the raid. So that's nice. So, I mean, honestly, if we unlock the flight point to the raid, I mean, this is probably week one. So, uh, Seriously, Boulevard, how do you know what a harmonic channel is? Time <laughs> is not constructed death. You don't know how long he's been talking to the elders in his mind. Well, that's true. I mean, yeah, th- this is this is the chapter where you unlock the flight point over to get into the sepulcher of the raid. And pretty right. sure that opens in the first week. It's just the second week with the you can't go past the handling on the first week kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Which makes sense. And I think this is the stopping point. Right? I'm pretty sure this is the stopping point where it's like no more. No more. No more. Yeah, that makes sense. Because we're going to jump into this. We're going to jump into this chapter five now. So this is yeah. it. Anduin has been rescued. So yeah, I'm pretty sure this is the stop of that. That would have been the stopping point. Here comes the next week. Anduin has been rescued. Sorry, everybody. I just spoiled it. It's not a spoiler, really. We all kind of knew he was going to be rescued. It's, I mean, he's in that Legion comic as old man Anduin. He's got plot armor. It's fine. Okay. You can do whatever you want. Throw him in a meat grinder. He'll be back. He'll be fine. <laughs> wow all right then plot armor it's very powerful okay i guess <laughs> no meat grinder will stop it uh-huh so anyway so anduin has been rescued and we need to know what he knows about domination magic and uh like anyone who just went some serious trauma he's like why are you asking me man like like, <laughs> like what you can ask me how i got it i don't know you should ask the heroes that basically beat the sense into me. I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of what happened. So uh, he, he's kind of he's like he's kind of useless at the moment. It's not it's not his fault. It's not his fault. You know we're not blaming him, but he's not as much help as we thought he was going to be. All right, uh, he don't really know shit, <laughs> and neither do we because uh, uh, we get a little temporary cinematic when. You know, there's probably some serious information being dropped there. It just says temporary cinematic. We don't even get the little placeholder stuff. Don't even get the good placeholder stuff. Yeah. None of it. Well, anyway, this is when my old pal, my old pal, Primus, he, he came up with a great idea since Anduin is of no help here. He's like, dude, dude, she's the helm of domination. Mm-hmm. We're like, why are we using the helm of domination exactly? He's like, dude, no, just check it out. Check it out. Let's see if we can use the helmet domination to still mind control some people with it. See if it still dominates. Right. So first up, Darian Mogran's like, I, I volunteer as a tribute. He's like, he plays the role of Katniss here. All right. So, <laughs> so anyway, we mess with Darian and Darian's like, ah, it still works. And he's like, starts beating the shit out of us. And you're like, oh, man, I forget. <laughs> <laughs> Like, seriously, like, well, I barely moved his health bar. And I was like, oh, Jesus, it hurts. 
Anyways. I mean, it is Darian. Uh, yeah. Mr. Mogreen, he uh, still he was racking the shit at me. <laughs> anyway. Um, after we mess with Darian, uh, we move on to some local flora and fauna. They're like, all right, mess with the locals. Let's, <laughs> let's see what happens. <laughs> I mean, this is why the Fareem and the Enlightened did, didn't get along. Because Fareem's like, yeah. And the Enlightened are like, what? This is messed up. <laughs> right. So anyway. <laughs> So we got the little domination shard and we're like, do what I tell you to do. Right. And we're doing that. And uh, yeah, it works. It works. But we eventually learn from the elder Iru's help that the domination uh, language matters, right? Language matters. So if you're like speaking the crazy first one language with the, the ciphers and the and the like fractals, right? With the blah, blah, right. blah, the little harmonic tones. Takes a little longer for it to work. It's, it takes it takes a little bit longer to set set in. So they're like, "Hey, hey, hey! This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna embed. We're gonna embed some like really fancy words, some really fancy words into like some like a librarian. We're like, hey, librarian, dude, here's some really good words, and then we're gonna use the Helm of Nation again. It still dominated him, but it, but there was a little bit more of a delay." A little bit more delay, and, and then right, the okay. thing was the elder was like, "Of course, it still worked. <laughs> it just took longer." <laughs> and then we're like, "Hey, um, that's not good enough. Just because, hey, it took nine seconds instead of instantaneous, still dominated. It's like we can't save the universe if we're dominated." And the elder's yeah, like, nine, nine seconds isn't much." And the elder's like, "You know, you get a damn good point. <laughs> we're gonna have to do better." Uh, but I got nothing. <laughs> anyway, so that's what we got. So anyway, okay, what we got? So, uh, oh, as you're running around collecting the, um, collecting all those little Duolingo lessons, right? You're getting the little owls yelling at you and all that stuff. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, Bolvar and Talia are kind of helping you out. So, so Talia and Bolvar are, are kind of going. And it's pretty sweet. You got some, you got some very loving daughter, uh, father-daughter lines between them. And uh, like one of them is really good where Bolvar's like, who taught you how to use a hammer? <laughs> it was good stuff. I liked all that. Yeah, it, was, it was good. So uh, enjoy that. It's some good dialogue. So anyway, after we collect some of the crazy examples of the language, blah, blah, blah. Kind of already said that. Okay. 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 Here we go. We got it. We, we did a little thing. Got a whole bunch of crazy examples of the language. And then we, we were like getting the, the fanciest of the language, fanciest of the language, and we, we've collected it all. All right, and we've we've slapped it all into the helm of domination because that's how language works. You're just like, hey, helm. You just patted it in there like patty cake, slap it in there, and you're good to go. All right, now we got all of those. We take it back to the Primus, and the Primus is like, he's like, hey, man, let's go to Bastion. And we're like, Bastion? Okay, let's go to Bastion. All right. Okay, now we're in Bastion. Time to take part of a memory ritual and deal with everyone's trauma with the Helm of Domination. Oh, gosh. That's <laughs> basically what we're doing now. It's therapy session, everybody's therapy session. First up, we got Bolvar, and he he must confront his very spicy memories. Yeah, it's spicy, right? With, with the, I get you. With yeah, very, with the, the fire in the... Very fiery. <laughs> <laughs> spicy. His memories are lit, right? Okay. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Uh huh. Next up is Darian. He's going to deal with daddy and brother issues. They're very bloody. Very bloody. Mm-hmm. All right. Finally, our third patient uh, is Anduin. 
He's got some pretty raw wounds because he's like, nope, can't would, do it. Yeah. He's like, nope, yeah. it's too much, guys. No, I'm out. I'm, I'm tapped. <laughs> well, anyway, this is when Sylvana steps in and gives him a pep talk. He's like, yeah, it's all right, little lion. Don't you worry. Don't you little worry. This is where you get the little cutscene where Sylvanas is like, uh, it's the equivalent of, you know, where she's like, when I fired the Aereo, I didn't exactly remember when the whole, when I finally felt freedom. I was going to be the right. judge, jury, executioner and resolve myself of his sins. Yeah, she's talking 100% about Arthas there because she's like talking about Arthas and all this kind of crazy crap, blah, 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 blah. She's just, this whole thing is she's trying to give him a little pep talk to Anduin. Okay. Pep talk to Anduin. Okay, so that's what she's basically saying. She's like, "All right, all right, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta do it. We gotta do it. We gotta, we gotta go overcome it. We're gonna do it." All right. Now, I just, I, I liked this dialogue from basically after you uh, turn in the quest, and then we're gonna move on. A uh, little, you know, a little important dialogue that you can uh, even uh, apply to your IRL incoming. So here we go. This is the name of this quest: is "What We Overcome." This is what Anduin says. He says, "I understand now." All of us that were touched by the domination were able to tap into something, whether nobility or vengeance, it gave the strength to resist. With all that I have faced, I have to remember that I am still here. And if there are those willing to stand with Sylvanas, I have to believe they will stand with me as well. I'm ready to try again. This time, I will overcome whatever I face. There you go. I like the part where he said, with all I have faced, I have to remember that I am still here. There you go. That's good. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. So there you go. Anduin, he's like, I got it this time, guys. And he does. He's got it. All right. So after we complete the little quest, Anduin's like, he's like, whoo, that was a little rough, everybody, but I got it. All right. I got it. Sylvanas says, this is not the end of your suffering, but a step forward. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just, there's no silver bullet. <laughs> it's now, there's no, uh, right. This is how you fix drama. No, no, it's just one step forward. That's basically what she's saying. All right. Now we have to meet up with the Primus and Torghast. This is where we're going. We're going to Torghast. Why are we going to Torghast? Well, we got to go to the uh, the little rune carver sanctum because that's where he builds. Uh, that's where he builds legendaries. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And the jailer isn't home, so who cares? We're going to go to his yeah, house. He's well, a, little, a little busy. A little busy. Yeah, the jailer's not home right now, so let's, uh, let's go uh, pay Torghast a visit. Well, anyway, the Primus, he does his special little magic thing and he imbues it with the strength of those divine. He imbued with the strength of those who defied domination to create the crown of wills. Basically, what it is, is he reforges the helm of domination. He takes all the shards of the helm of domination and he reforges it into the crown of wills. It is not a crown of domination. It is not anything that where he's going to be dominating anyone with it. No, it is an embodiment of free will. That is what the whole point of this. Now, I I got a little chuckle at it, just me personally, because I like to think that they were using a little bit of like the whole, whole rationale of homeopathy, like cures like. <laughs> so their rationale yeah, is... Yeah, I guess... Domination got you down. Try some Helm of Domination, but diluted with trauma. Oh, God, that's... <laughs> that's a recipe for failure to me. <laughs> this is what it sounds like. I mean, they, they were like, you know, Bolvar was like, I got my spicy memories. 
Darian was like, I got my blood packed and things. And Anduin, he's like, I got the power to resist it. Right. He put that in there. And then, uh, oh, and we got the crazy first one languages. Anyways, that's what happens. He creates the Helm of Wills. It kind of looks like uh, Magneto's helm in the first X-Men movie. Kind of looks like. It does. (laughs) What? (laughs) It totally does. Well, I mean, that's the point of it. You're supposed to be resisting Professor X's uh, freaking mind waves yeah. on you. So right, that's right, what they're right, going right. for, right? Wow. Yep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, as a matter of fact, no one actually wears it. I don't know. They could have they made it like the the scepter of wills or something. Because literally it just like glowiness goes over top of everyone, including you and Bane and Boulevard. It was like, you know what I have now? I have free will. No one can tell me what to do. I have free will. That's kind of the point. It's basically like you created the the crown of wills for, for to to basically resist the forces of domination. I'm, I'm sure gotcha. that I'm sure that'll play a small little part in the like at the beginning of uh, the jailer fight. I'm sure the jailer will be like, "I dominate you," and he's like, "We have the crown of wills," and and he's like, "Okay, well now I'm just gonna beat you up." <laughs> totally, just like that too. Totally. Voice lines and everything. You heard it here first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is pretty much what it is. Okay. Now, let's move on to chapter six. Now that we got our crown of wills, what are we going to do? Well, we have a means to an end. That is the name of this chapter here. All right. Before we start with the, whatever the chapter is, uh, you can actually listen to this at the end of chapter five. I just I just thought this was great. I thought this was great. This is a very touching moment. This is one of those stay a while and listens. This is Talia and Bolvar. So let's, let's go ahead and listen to it now. There is so much I want to ask you. I don't know where to start. When you grow up believing your father is a dead hero, everything is much more neat and tidy. When you learn he's quite alive, it's... different. The man I was did die that day. The dragon's fire sealed my purpose. But couldn't you at least have let me know you were still there? Under that helm all that time. Would you have journeyed to Ice Crown if you knew? Yes, of course. I would have gone anywhere for you. Which is why you could not know. I had to make that sacrifice to keep you and the rest of the world safe from that place, from that power. But it wasn't just you who made that sacrifice. It was the rest of us, too. Everyone who loved you. I know. And for the pain it caused you, I will always feel sorrow. I pray that one day you can forgive me for it. Well, there you go. Like I said, make sure you listen to the little stay a while and listen. That's good. That's really good. It's one of those things that it's like... You almost wish would have happened in the beginning of Shadowlands where, you know, you feel like they had more time when they were just hanging, right. hanging out in Orbos, not doing nothing. And we're running around. You could have stopped by and they could have had that conversation. Hey, but at least they finally had it. Maybe, maybe, maybe Talia was just having to work up the, the guts to finally ask. I don't know. Like, that kind of makes it sense. It could be. It could be. Yeah. It kind of makes sense. I, I just like that. So I had to throw that in there. It's pretty awesome. So I really like that clip. All right. Chapter six. This is a really quick one. We're just there's not a lot, not a lot going here. So, so anyways, what what happens is is Pelagos is like, dude, we gotta go. 
Remember that Oracle we helped a little while ago? So we helped out an Oracle. There's a Oracle. We brought it over to Fareem. And then Fareem is like, oh my God, an Oracle. You found an Oracle. Yeah, that's what happened. Uh, anyway, uh, the Oracle, it's going nuts. Well, so when we arrive, there's some crazy crap happening. But eventually, we actually get a vision talking and talking all about the source. And I swear to God, this vision. So, you know, the. The cutscenes that include our character models, they get a lot of they get a lot of crap. This one's good. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, this one's pretty good. Cause it does a lot of like regal close-up shots on your character's face because it's like okay. a, it's like a little weird like animatrix almost like vision quest thing that you're like going on because Okay. The Oracle's like, you know, messing with your mind and saying a whole bunch of stuff. You know, like two episodes ago we were talking about like Lumos. Verdos, blah, 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 you know, like like Umbra and all the crazy words like that, that, that yeah. we were like speculating that, hey, maybe there's a Xerath Lumos, you know, things like that. There's a whole bunch more crazy words that the friggin' uh, Oracle's thrown out, and then suddenly it's like, Vessel, they just keep saying Vessel, Vessel, all over again, and we're like, what the crap was that? Turns out <laughs> we weren't the only one that had the, uh, the whole... You know, the vision. Uh, apparently, Fareem and Pelagos had it, too. So they're like, okay, I'm not going crazy. Okay. All right, we all had it. Okay. Right. All right, so uh, let's see. So we had a little vision. What's going on? Oh, yeah, our little roly-poly guy, Poke, 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 wants us to follow because apparently Poke, Poke got, like, possessed by the Oracle. It's pretty sweet. Oh. <laughs> so Poke, Poke running around like, well, I'm Poke, Poke. But really, it's like, I'm an Oracle. That's kind of what's going on. So anyway, you running around and you chasing after the vessel, this vessel, the vessel, right? Well, we head out into the desert parts of the zone. We collect a whole bunch of runes and we eventually find a vessel to restore what has been lost. Also, Poke Poke's a bit of a badass because he turns into like a cannon. And you're like using him as a cannon. You're like, pow, pow, pow. it's pretty sweet. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, when we get back with the vessel uh, that the Oracle was talking about, we find out uh, that... It will be used to create a new arbiter. Huh? Oh. So that's what the whole vessel is. That's the Oracle is saying. Let's let's pause here for a moment and let's talk about this. Because this is this is important for the last chapter and most of our conversations are gonna happen coming up in this last bit. So right. they're gonna create a new Oracle or Ar- uh, Oracle. Arbiter. They're gonna create a new arbiter. Right? Can't talk. Whatever. Um this is this this is this this is weird, man. And I just want to I just want to like point this out that apparently there seems to be this like safety mechanism almost of like if and when an eternal one gets right taken out, they'll just make a new one. Right now, are they are are the eternal ones aware of this process? That's I don't know. It's one of those things that I'm I'm curious to know because that that has some implications. In it does the next little yeah. chapter. So I just wanted to point that out. That apparently there's like, oh, things are out of balance. Let's go ahead and make a new one. Right? right. Cool. Cool. Okay. Okay. Let's get into chapter seven. Okay. Chapter seven. All right. This is when shit gets crazy. <laughs> right? <laughs> gets crazy. Okay. All right. So, obviously, the very first thing, it's like, hey, we find out we're going to create a new Arbiter. And we're like, sweet, better create a new Arbiter because there's still souls going to the mall. Let's fix that. So, we, we're going we're gonna to make a new one. 
Also, I'd like to point out that everyone talks about the Arbiter uh, singing a lot. Okay, because it's like, the singing will return. We will hear their beautiful voice singing once again. Remember, Zoval used to be the Arbiter. I picture that singing. I just, I just want to put. I mean, the, what if he? What if he didn't sing? What if he did like a rap or something instead? I'm just saying. I just want to. I just wanted to put that image in your head because everyone is like, we will hear the beautiful song once again. <laughs> And I don't know, maybe maybe that's why Zoval went nuts. Maybe he was doing too much singing. Maybe that's why his voice is just it horrible now. He it just ruined be. his voice, destroyed his vocal cords, and now he just sounds like... Maybe, I don't know. No, 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 no. So the dress showed up somehow, and now they got into like an epic rap battle. <laughs> and then in the end, they decided to work together, and that's why he has dress armor. Boom, figured it out. Epic rap battle. Not really. <laughs> Right, that's what that made me think of. It just really bothers me that we have no dressed in connection with him and his armor looking like dressy. But anyways, that's not what this is about at all. Moving on. Are you sure? I feel like it is. All right. Yeah, I, I'm I'm now on team burn down throws. Yes. <laughs> I'm so glad you are. I'm so glad. Mm-hmm. All right. So now that we've got that picture of Zoval singing in your head. All right, cool. So, of course, we can't do anything super great without uh, getting the Covenants involved. Yep. So we go on a recruitment tour around the zone uh, before we storm the temple. Because there's like a whole bunch of big baddies involved. And they're like, ah, storm the temple. It's like Cadgar. Storm the portal. Ah. That's what it reminded me of. <laughs> all right. So we're in the temple now because, hey, we skip all that part. Who cares? Uh, we're in the temple of Arbiter making. Whatever. Uh, and <laughs> it's time to make a new Arbiter. But wouldn't you know it? Wouldn't you know it? We got we to gotta plug up some holes because there is. And here's a fun little. Lore tidbit. Ancient soul essences that are that are leaking from the holes. And even Pelagos is actually has a little voice line. Uh, sorry, I didn't capture it. Didn't capture it. Maybe we'll play later or something if I if I can't. Uh, I'm not gonna redo this freaking thing just to get those voice lines. But basically, Pelagos is like this. He's like, he's like, he, he's he's a little confused. He's like, he's like, so so, so these essences is what makes souls? Like, what's... <laughs> even Pelagos is like, has the same questions that we as players would probably have. <laughs> like, what's have soul essences? Like, what's, right. what's happening there? Like, he, then he's like, chicken and egg kind of thing. Like, what happens is like, it's, it's like, because <laughs> oh, that's what he, you know, that's what Pel- Pelagos is like. So we have an arbiter, right? Then we got these like soul essences. So which came first? The souls or the arbiter? Like, what's... <laughs> So many answers these questions. <laughs> I like the Pelagos is like voicing some of our concerns. Thank you, Pelagos, for pointing out um, well, what's, what's what's happening here. <laughs> okay, Pelagos gets it. Pelagos does get it. All right. Well, after we run around and we complete our chores and plug in the holes and with the ancient souls essences from leaking out, whatever. Uh, we go kick off the creation of a new arbiter. We're like, all right, let's do it, everybody. Arbiter time. Let's do it. Well, it turns out we can't trust nobody. We can't. Not a damn thing. We can't even trust one of these, like, automatons, atomas, blobbity blobbity. Because one of the freaking atomas turns into Dreadlord. All right, everybody. Here we go. I just got to play this. I'm not even going to tell you what happens. I'm just going to tell you this this is what happens, okay? Okay, Dreadlord. Okay, Dreadlord shows up. All right. Okay, and this is what he says. That's what he says. He says, long, long have we awaited this moment. The Banished One's Gambit 
Banished one's gambit made manifest. And then it will continue what he says right here. This is what he says. A world soul twisted by death. A maul with which to crush the Arbiter. And now it shall take this vessel. Argus will be eternal. Okay, did you catch that? Argus will be eternal. Okay, so, so here we go. I had some long conversations in the Discord about this, trying to make sense. What the frick was this? Okay, so we have a Dreadlord. Right. With with a soul essence or portion of the soul of Argus, or just Argus' soul. And he's like, put that in the Arbiter. And, And Argus pops up, and we have to beat it up. Okay, that's... We beat it up, all right. But okay. Anyway. So, anyway, I just first I'm going to read my notes, and then we'll di- we're gonna, we're going to have a little discussion about this because this is this is where things get weird. Okay. So this is what I wrote in the notes. So you're telling me that the jailer somehow orchestrated the creation of the Burning Legion, the corruption of the Eridar homeworld Argus, then fast forwarded to the Legion expansion where we killed Argus after it twisted and tortured my Sargeras, and that soul was used to shut down the Arbiter because that's pretty much what this is implying, right? Shut down the Arbiter in the original cutscene. You know, we were both kind of on that train, and then we were like, well, how could they have done that? That doesn't make any sense. Okay, whatever uh and then have a dreadlord mess with the creation of a new arbiter and put argus's soul into the vessel to become the new arbiter because remember it said argus will become eternal and we're like you gonna make argus an eternal one what's, what's happening here? is that what i don't know i i don't i don't know okay it's it, i do i do kind of want to go back to like the point that like we like Early on, we're talking about Shadowlands and it's like, what was Red Soul coming down to attack the Arbiter? Apparently and it's I was Argus. Like, what if it's Argus? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's apparently, apparently what it is that's now. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, it, it's yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so here's the thing. I was having some chats in the Discord. In the Discord. You know, go to discord.liveleftlore.com or whatever the freaking I'm Sure. Um, you can join in these <laughs> conversations too. Get in the Discord, go to the Lore Spoilers channel. That's where I was chatting about this last night. Okay. So, what's going on? Here is how I was able to actually make sense of this. Okay. What I just said was like, okay, you're telling me that he did all this kind of crazy crap? Well, here's where I'm going to tell you. No, no, the jailer didn't do that. No, no, I think this, and, and this is where I'm like, okay. I'm going to make sense of this, make everybody feel a little nicer, feel a little better. Okay, let's calm down, everybody. Because I was I was heated. I was heated because I was like, this doesn't make freaking sense. What the hell is going on? <laughs> okay, so here we go. So, my understanding of what happened is the Jailer knew, because he has some some firsthand knowledge as the Arbiter. Because, you know, he used to... Right. He used to, he used to do it. He used to do the job. He's like, well, imagine, if you will, that if you had a soul... Just smash into the Arbiter with so much more power. Basically, a non-mortal soul. The soul of, like, a world soul. Pretty sure. Something like that. Or the soul of any other. Any other, uh, you know, basically large enough, powerful enough being. If we manage to get it to send to uh, Shadowlands, right? To get to the Arbiter, that'd knock out the Arbiter. What happens if we know we knock out the Arbiter, the first ones are morons, and they put in the default as everything goes to the mob. 
Why they put that as the default? I don't freaking know, but that's the default. Okay? Zoval didn't set that up. Zoval just knew about it. Okay? So he's like, all right, this is the plan. Corrupt a Titan or corrupt something more powerful enough that it'll smash in the... In the it was a smashy smash, right? That was... If, if I were to make a guess, that was the Jailer's entire plan. It was really the step one of the plan was take out the Arbiter. Because nothing else can happen until you get the influx That's of Anima. True. And That's so, true. Literally nothing else can happen. And right. Until that happens, plan is stalled. We're, we're delayed. It's We're not going to production. It's We're, we're waiting. <laughs> okay. Pretty simple plan, actually, if you think about it. Corrupt a being powerful enough to get it to the to the to the Shadowlands. Only way that they can do that is because, as we were talking about, and deceived news or blah 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 was like this and that. Because this is what we were always talking about. We're like it doesn't make sense that it would be Argus because Argus is a Titan. Titan would go to the the, the planet or the the order the order realm realm of order. Right, 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 right. Apparently, this is what the plan was, and and this is this is what what we came up with. Is this true? No. This is just my best guess. This is my speculation. This is what I came up with. Okay, so Zaval, he's the arbiter. He has to see all these souls constantly. So he's got a pretty good first-hand knowledge of how life can be real messy. Things don't always go that great, right? And he's having to send them off to this realm and this realm. It feels like there's something wrong, okay? So he goes to the other, uh, to the other eternal ones. He's like, I feel like there's something a little wrong. Whatever the first ones did, put us into this job. It's kind of messed up. Kind of messed up. Like, there right. is a fundamental flaw with reality. And I think we can fix it if we could just get our butts into Zareth Mortis and tinker around a bit. Well, obviously, that didn't go. Didn't sit very well with the other Eternal Ones. And they're like, all right, well, we're going to send your ass down to the Maw. And then we'll make a new one. He's like, well, this is kind of messed up. That's kind of really rude, everybody. So then he's down there with the domination, blah, blah, blah. He figures it out. You get the idea. Okay. Now, who else got kind of the short end of the stick? Like, we're going to use Greek mythology here for a moment. Greek mythology, right? Hades doesn't really like his job. Right. <laughs> so, True. obviously, the kind of, like, corollary there would be um, the jailer and the, and the mom, things like that. But you could also kind of say Sardanathrius. Siren Athreus doesn't exactly get to deal with the nicest of the nice that keep showing up on no. his doorstep. They get to deal with the Garoshes and the Kalthoses and all the other assholes that are just awful. Right? All these awful jerk asshole people that he has to apparently beat the uh, the awfulness out of, and he's probably getting kind of sick of it. It's like this, yeah, this reality is obviously really flawed if a place like this needs to even exist. <laughs> right? Right. So this is when he probably, you know, with his oceanfront property right into the maw, <laughs> managed to probably, out of everyone, had a opportunity to somehow reach out and contact the jailer. So this is when he was like, hey, you know when I locked you down here? I think it was wrong. Right? I think this is when they got involved. And this is probably right around the time when he decided to create the Dreadlords. This is just my guess. So this is when he created the Dreadlords. And then this is when we get right around the time of the enemy infiltration preface. Because it makes sense that if the plan is, well, first we got to knock at the Arbiter so the Maw can actually get some anima, right? Right. We need to do something along those lines of uh, that. So Sardanathrius was like, okay, well, how are we going to do that? He creates the Dreadlords. 
to infiltrate all the other realms, literally all of them. Okay, he didn't care which. He's like, he's like, hey, dread lords, you're very cunning. It's very sneaky. You do some awesome stuff. You're like Jin's favorite characters in the lore. Go do awesome <laughs> things. Okay. And so, yeah, they didn't care what kind of, you know, you know being, right? What were they going to cor- corrupt? Just so happened to be that the first one that got corrupted was Argus. Right? That's to me. Right. And as they friggin', as the Dreadlord said, you know, they were corrupted with death. Now let's let's think about this. Because the Dreadlords, once they get corrupted enough, like Lothraxian, very lighty lighty, if you were to kill Lothraxian, he'd actually probably go to the light realm. Right? If you were to kill a Dreadlord, you know, on Azeroth or something like that, probably go to the Twisting Nether, right? Right. Because they've been infused with so much fell. They now that's now where they go. Okay? So the same logic would apply to Argus. You jam-pack so much death magic into him. They go to the freaking Shadowlands and then slam face first into the Arbiter, knocking it out and bada bing, bada boom, we get the Shadowlands expansion. Now, can I explain to you why they wanted to make Argus the next Arbiter? (laughs) No. I don't even know. It makes no sense. It makes no sense, but it's kind of funny. It's like, Hey, um, you remember when Zoval was really mean and there was like tales in the Grimoire of the Shadowland about how the previous Arbiter was kind of mean? Let's make it meaner. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> I don't know. They're, like, put something literally that was had the uh, the nickname of, of the Unmaker as the Arbiter. Okay. Right. I mean, if your goal is to unmake everything. Sure. I guess. <laughs> it's a stupid name, though. Very stupid name, I agree. <laughs> All right, well, okay, so does any of my crazy ramblings even make any kind of sense whatsoever to, mm, I don't know, simmer the, the fires of, like, what? Because <laughs> that's... I, I think somewhat. I mean, it, it is really weird to know... If supposedly after all this time and all this lore that we've you know studied over the years, all of a sudden Jailer has his had has had his hand in way more of it than we ever knew. Um, it's weird, and then everything with Argus. It's I think your description does help some. I'll be curious to know how right it is, but it does help. Yeah, if I'm right, I think what it really turns into is like. There is literally zero retcons other than just that one initial plan in the beginning of you're going to have to break someone to, to send them to the Shadowlands to kick off our plan. Right. The Dreadlords still did all their thing. Dreadlords did. Now, now, and now, okay. Now, I will 100% say I don't freaking know what the whole link between the Jailer and the Helm of Domination and the Frostmourne and... I still don't really know what was that because I know we got mad at Bolvar was like, you were supposed to open the way for me. Like, okay. I I don't know. Maybe that was just one of the multiple avenues of approach that they were. T- I don't freaking know. Like, I don't, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully the raid when we actually like get in there, we, we get a little bit more information. Some of those will start making a little more sense. Yeah, some maybe. I don't know. I'm pretty sure Chronicle Volume 4 is going to have to like really freaking 
like explain what's going on. Here. Gosh, I really hope there's a four. Like, I really, really hope there's a four. Well, I mean, three said to be continued. So, I did. Yeah, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that that's that's kind of what happened. So, anyways, yeah, Argus, right? Fuck. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm. I'll just say I'm going to take this with a humongous grain of salt. This is the, the largest grain of salt I can think yeah. of because I don't really have a lot of context with what's going on in the raid. And remember, a lot of this happened after uh, we saved Anduin out of the raid. So there's some stuff Fair. missing there, too. <laughs> and then on top of that, there is the Lords of Dread fight is the one right after Anduin where we're probably going to get some information there. Hasn't been raid tested as of this point, so I can't pull any information there. And then obviously we know from the the jailer fight, he's trying to do like aerial bombardments onto Azeroth, and there's a link there. Again, don't know what's going on. It's it's very weird. Right. It's very odd. So anyway, that's where I am at with all of that. Okay. Okay. Now, so we kill Argus. We kill the. Echo, it actually says it's an echo of Argus, so it makes sense that you can just smack, smack it and take it down. Right. Yeah. Super easy this time, whatever. Now, the Arbiter can't be created because we, we put a vessel in there with the soul and whatever, and now there's the soul's gone because, you know, the Dreadlord was like, BAM! <laughs> you know, took it out. All right. This is when Pelagos is like, uh, so all you need is a soul, right? Um, I got one of those. I volunteer. <laughs> so... This is where the whole Pelagos becomes the next Arbor comes from. And I, you know, I did watch the latest Taliesin uh, video and I will say, yeah, I think they're right. I think I think he's uh, absolutely onto something because basically what he said is that one of the main reasons that Pelagos could not, um, you know, ascend is because he kept getting all his uh, passion and his, his emotion in the way. He kept like thinking about this very emotionally uh, because even when Pelagos you know, becomes the, the Arbiter uh, or even before that uh, he even says I'm pretty sure that everyone deserves a chance, second chance like, like everyone gets a chance at some form of redemption before just you know flush down to the mob. I mean, apparently according to Pelagos even Goldan gets a chance at redemption Maybe he hasn't read Rise of the Horde. Okay. Apparently not, Pelagos. <laughs> read Rise of the Horde, Pelagos. Maybe you want to flush him down the pond. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, according to him, he's like, no, I think everyone has a chance. And I'm pretty sure that's his also, my, I'm guessing there's a little bit of like, like, hey, Arsis may get a, at least a chance because Uther flushed him down to the mob without even the opportunity to be seen by the Arbiter. Bada bing, bada boom. Pelagos is the Arbiter now. One of the nice things is it's still Pelagos. Totally still. It's just Pelagos is, is gold now, not blue. And Pelagos is like, like, yeah, still me. It's still me, Clea. How you doing? What's going on? Um, <laughs> and that's one of the, the kind of interesting and fun things here is that uh, you kind of get the idea that, okay, it makes sense that Pelagos may actually make a decent arbiter. But anyway, we'll, we'll see. So yeah, there you go. Pelagos is arbiter. Without all the context, I will admit, because I heard the voice lines of Clea and Pelagos 
like weeks ago. It's like probably four weeks ago now, because literally I thought I think it was like two episodes ago that I was like, Pelagos is gonna be there. <laughs> I had zero context and Honestly, I'm totally fine with Pelagos being the Arbiter. I'm way more like, what? With the, Ar- the whole Argus thing. The whole Argus thing, I'm still, I'm not upset. I'm just confused. The Argus thing has me confused. And I think I was in the same boat. Like when I first heard about Pelagos being the new Arbiter, at first I was like, well, that's cool. I, I like Pelagos and I want more from him. I don't want this to be just the end of, you know, Pelagos and then the expansion or whatnot. But this time I was like, Pelagos, really? Like there's... No big, bigger names or whatever. Yeah. But I'm, I'm okay with it. At the same time, like, it's finally, like, an actually, like, trans representative in the game. Like, I'm glad that they're actually getting a spotlight and actually getting a cool new role. And I think that's great. But I was a little confused without the context. I was like, Pelagos. Yeah. It was not very, my choice, but okay. Yeah, it was but very it makes much sense. A, I could see it now. Yeah, it was very much yeah. a right place, right time, because... You know, Pelagos has just been, you know, hanging out with us the entire time. And he's just looking around like, well, all you need is a soul to be placed into the vessel, right? I volunteer. <laughs> so, and, that's- well, and he makes the point to Clea, too, like that he was having a hard time transcending and all of that. And so it's just another reason why he thinks maybe this is just what he was meant to do. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the whole Pelagos thing, I'm totally cool with it. Pelagos yeah. is awesome. Yeah. But um, Argus. Argus. You're going <laughs> to... <laughs> I'm not. Say, I'm not gonna say do better Blizzard, but seriously, do better Blizzard with like the ABK stuff. Um, with this though, I'm. I just feel like I'm missing context. <laughs> I got played through all the quests. Like I was like, I was like, ah, let's do it. And then, and then, and then Argus shows up out of what seems <laughs> like nowhere. I'm like, what the frick is this going on? Right. Yeah. It was I'm like. Uh, it was like this dreadlord pops up and he's like, yeah, freaking Argus will be eternal. I'm like, it's what is happening right now? <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I'm thinking at at, uh, at the end of this or hopefully in the in the raid or, or somewhere, maybe the Sylvanas book. I don't freaking know. Somewhere, someone is going to need to write down what was the jailer's plan? What actually was the jailer's plan? What, 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 what was the crazy red yarn? What, what was all that? What, what, what was happening? Like, I just want to know how those, these dots connect. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think that I don't. I'll just say, like, I don't I don't know if it's going to be this honest book. But then again, maybe it is. And that's probably the reason why they keep delaying it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That's that's kind of where I'm at. Unless you have more to think, talk about more, you know, observations, of, you know, opinions of what's going on with the Argus and all that because yeah this is this was the main thing that I really I was like seriously what what is this I don't know uh, nothing that we haven't already said I just find it really interesting that all of a sudden like supposedly Jailer was behind all this stuff like I mentioned earlier yeah like creating the burning legion and everything like blah blah like that's that's big and that makes me think that we're not gonna be done with him after this expansion because I feel and maybe we're maybe we're going to, but at the same time, it's like okay, you were you were really big, and you did all these things, and now you're gone already. Okay, bye. Nice knowing you. It's just so quick. Yeah, I really I think that's the main reason why I do want to know the jailer's plans, is because I want to know how much of that was really his plans, and more of the dreadlords 
or yeah, you know, for example, it was the Dreadlords that you know gave the um, you know the domination, the Helm domination in Frostborn to kill Jaden in the first place, right? It was that's that's in Chronicle Volume Three, so that's that's already there. Was that just them enacting the plan, right? Um, I'm I'm kind of okay, like like if it's just them coming up with their ideas and their plans to eventually get to where they need to go. I don't know. Anyway, that's my thing. But I don't know. I've been thinking about all this kind of crazy crap for a long time. Uh, this this past week as I've been working on these notes and playing through this kind of stuff. And then, you know, as I was thinking about this, you know, we we're talking about like, you know, the the, the Dreadlords gave them the, the Helmet Domination and all this kind of crazy stuff. And I just, this is just so random. But this is how my brain was working as I was working through this. You, you remember at the... Um, you, you remember at the end of uh, Warlords of Draenor? Remember this? You just finished Warlords of Draenor. Uh, I sure did. You sure, sure did. did. All right. <laughs> you remember when they said um, Archimon is dead dead? And it's not like alternate universe Archimon. It's... Right. Archimon's dead dead because there is there's not like multiple timelines of burning legions. Right. What? What? Because here's, here's why I say what? What? How's the two villains then? What? <laughs> there's there's only there's only one killed Jane and Archimond, but there's but there's two villains. What? what? Maybe, maybe when they become bad, <laughs> they destroy the other one. I, uh, I hadn't even thought about that. Why did I not think about that? Yeah, I I came up with a the, with a, a possible theory that oh my god is so bad shit crazy that I will probably and it's probably actually true like if you were to like sit down at, at Blizzard HQ and sit down with Steve Denizer and Chris Metzen and everybody and I map out what I think that and they're like yeah that's that's it mm-hmm. whether that was it or not I feel like that's what they would say they're like yep that's it because I feel probably. like so, cause I feel like I fixed it for them <laughs> in my head because <laughs> they were just like oh, two villains but there's only one Archimon and Kill Jade yeah. just gonna, they're just gonna throw more ropes at it it's fine <laughs> It's ropes. Honestly, here, here's here's actually here's the crazy thing, here, and I'll, I'll I'll tell it to you. Just since I, I had to bring this up, but I had to, it was I just you know I had to tell someone. Okay, so here here's my crazy thing, and this is this is just where things get crazy with the times and and all this stuff. And uh, here we go. All right, you ready? So yes, reality, reality has time. Okay, that's time. Anything outside of reality doesn't have time. Okay? So, twisting the other, it's outside of reality. No time. Okay. True. No, it's not a construct of death. Not a construct of the twisting the other. No, it's a construct of reality and possibly order. That's I'm not saying that that's a puts a, a wrench in anything. But we'll just say that it might. But anyway, so reality has the main timeline. The main timeline. But the bronze dragonflight, Nazdormu, work very tirelessly to keep. And True. If you've seen Loki, right? That's yes. the that's the bronze excellent, dragonflight. Excellent. That's the bronze dragonflight. I'm just going to say right now the, yes. t- the TVA or whatever. That is that is 100% the bronze dragonflight. So, if you if you look at the at what they're doing, would they get the time variance? You can think of Warlords of Dread. That's a time variant. Okay? Yes. And then things started going nuts. Okay? Things started got get a little thing and what was 
And as, as you could probably guess, what was the solution in my mind, uh, what they had to do? Did they eradicate the timeline like they do with most timelines? Because that was even pointed out in Chronicle Volume 3. Most of these variants that branch off, they nip them in the bud. They get rid of them. They say, nope, we're not doing that. So that's how I think there were two villains. Because normally, they nip them in the bud. But with Warlords of Draenor, things got so nutty. They had to just almost like collapse that 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 like variant timeline into the main timeline because they gave us Magar orcs. <laughs> right. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. So instead of like the the tangent, like in Back to the Future, where it's like Biff got the thing and then they got the tangent, they were just like, no, we're just going to collapse that into the main timeline. And that's just part of it now. Yeah. It's wacky. All right. It's weird. But yeah, and I think that's what it is, is I think if you exist in the Twisting Nether and things like that, there's just one of you. And then if you're in the reality, there could be possibly branches and multiples of you. But the Bronze Dragonflight's job is to snuff those out. But I can then, see this. But then Warlords of Draenor messes with things. I don't even know why I'm talking about this. It's just it artists throw wrenches in my brain and things go crazy. That's what I'm talking about. So here's my random question. Mm-hmm. Super random, super random. Kind of going back to my buddy Shenanigan Dreadlord over there, Maganus. Uh-huh. If we kill members of the Burning Legion in or in proximity to the Twisted Nether, they, they're dead, dead. What happens if we fight Malganus and we kill him? I'll be perfectly honest. Until I played through the PTR, I would have been like, yeah, he's dead, dead. He's a, he's originally from from the Shadowlands. He's, you know, Sire Janath, he's created. But no, I think he's going to go back to the Twisted Nether. Because he has been infused with Fel so much, he is now effectively a member of the Burning Legion. Because, well, he was. He was a member of the Burning Legion. He was one of the right. the deep plants, right? Infused with Fel and all that kind of kind of good stuff. So, yeah. I'm pretty sure he, Malganus, when we kill him, will not be dead until we kill him in the Twisting Nether. Yeah. Because right. we thought for sure, oh, we kill Argus, he goes to the, the Titany realm. Right? So Steve said. He goes to the, the realm of order. It's not Except where it's not what it's not where happened went. though. It's not where we so, went. What's up there, Steve? What's up? <laughs> well, window things. I mean, that's 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 basically what they're trying to explain it. Like like we kind of said, you know, we were thinking with the we were going with the assumption that you know if you you kill dreadlords, they would go to Shadowlands, but they don't. They go to wherever they were infused with. Right. 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 So. Yeah, so I think I think it was the end, and and it it goes to show you that if you stick enough death into, uh, you know, necromantic death magic into an entity, they'll go to whatever realm that it, that it relates to. That's what apparently happened to Argus. Why they wanted to turn him into the Arbiter, I don't friggin' know. <laughs> First part of the plan of knock out the Arbiter totally makes sense. Second part, yes, lost Not as much. Right, <laughs> I don't friggin' know. I don't know. I guess they just didn't want the Arbiter back, which makes it kind of makes sense. If they just wanted to break the Arbiter and just not have an Arbiter, and then, you know, Argus is just like, no, to the Maw with you. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Permanent Maw for everyone. I mean, that's probably what they were going for. Mm. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. But then again, if you're just going to remake reality, what do you care? Huh? What do you care? Whatever. <laughs> okay. Well,. Just so you know, everybody, that is all of the chapters on the PTR. 
You got a little bit of weird Warlords of Draenor stuff in there too for just for whatever reason. Because I was listening to Dungeon Favorites. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry. It's okay. Well, anyway, uh, the one chapter that we do not have, and we probably will not have on the PTR, is the very final one, which is Epilogue Judgment. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Would you like to guess what that probably is? It's called Judgment. Um, I mean, probably Sylvanas. Yeah, I'm thinking Sylvanas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, she even mentioned that she's got to, you know, pay for her crimes and whatnot, so. Yeah. So I'm assuming that the epilogue, the judgment, and all that kind of stuff is going to happen after the jailer has been defeated, because that's the one thing that Pelagos says after you, uh, after you, you know, turn Pelagos into the arbiter. Uh, Pelagos says, yes, but one thing needs to be done. We need to defeat the jailer. So, assuming jailer hasn't been defeated yet, and, and the whole timelines, uh, so let's just put it this way. Chapter one through four, no raid. Okay. Chapter Five through seven, Jailer hasn't been defeated, but we did rescue uh, Anduin. Go us. Okay. And then Epilogue, Judgment, probably after that happens. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know. We right. don't know. And there you go. We're probably going to do the Judgment of Savants, and then that's where we're going to leave it. Yep. Unless you have any final thoughts of the crazy journey through the PTR. No, I'm just really looking forward to actually playing through it and getting my own hands on it. And your description of how things went is pretty fun. <laughs> I'll be honest. The description of everything that went, don't worry. I didn't spoil too much. You, you'll still enjoy the quests. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't ruin anything for you. No. But the the one thing I will say is I, I do look forward to 9.2 because I literally did nothing in the PTR but these quests. Uh, I didn't did not mess with the cipher. I did not mess with any of the world quests. Didn't mess with any of the dailies. Uh, because, yeah, I'm not going to burn myself out testing those things when I'm going to be doing that for a while. So, yeah, my PTR days are done for now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you going through all that. Yeah, it was fun. Now it's off to Jedi Fallen Order for me. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Well, I believe that is where we're going to wrap it up for now. But, well, like we have to do every single week, we have to say a big, big thank you to some patrons. Yeah. Yeah. Well, don't worry. Don't worry. Since you took the first part, I'll get this part. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. That's kind of you. Yeah. So that's right. It's part of the show. We have to say a quick thank you to all the patrons that support us and keep this wacky ass show going. Right. <laughs> if you'd like to join the ranks uh, and support the show, you can do so by going over to patreon.com slash live, laugh, lore. Mm-hmm. And you can get an awesome shout out. And I'll say, well, thank you very much. And all that kind of stuff. For example, we can say thank you to all these top patrons. Yeah. Because there's Pasta Matt. Say, hey, you doing Pasta Matt? Thanks. We appreciate that. Like Kellen P. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Appreciate that. Hey, doing Mud. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Then there's also Chris Malore. Hey, doing. Yeah. And then also, finally, Dungeon Master Burke. What's going on, Dungeon Master Burke? Because, yeah, Dungeon Master Burke, he's, he plays Dungeon, does his dragons with us, and he plays a bard. So you should check that out. <laughs> he does. It's good times. Speaking of which, that was a good campaign. Yeah, that was a good session. I like session two. That fun. was a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm already looking forward to the next one. Uh, yeah, me too. I don't know. Really, I mean, we got to get to the holidays and stuff like that, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yes, thank you, patrons. We appreciate all of you. Yes. Every single one of you. You're fantastic. Especially you top patrons. You're fantastic. Well, I think it's now time to jump into a little bit of this. 
stories. There's nothing in the world more powerful than a good story. Yep. Yep. So this week, I'd like to say just a quick thank you to my phone. You know, that silly device that thinks that I'm a really huge Leafs fan now? <laughs> that one? <laughs> yep. Clearly. Because, yep. They found this story for me because I just was like scrolling through and, and, you know, yeah, you go through that little news feed and I just was, I came across this one. I was like, you know what? We're doing this one. This is, this is awesome. I like this. All right. Well, it turns out if you're going through the drive-thru at McDonald's and you happen to choke on your, on your McNuggets, well... The person that's working the register may just jump out the window and save your life. A Saturday shift started out pretty standard. Yeah, you know, like the standard in and out rush, lunch rush, people like the line was completely packed. 15 year old Sydney Rayleigh from Edina has worked at McDonald's since summer, taking on a number of roles. Sometimes I'll actually be taking people's orders, sometimes I'm mixing drinks, sometimes I'm handing food out the window. Sometimes she's saving lives. I noticed that. She was coughing profusely. I could tell, like, oh, crap, she's choking. Then the fast food worker thought fast. I jumped out the window of the drive-thru, and I got her out of the car, told her daughter to call 911. She called in a bystander to help, and together they successfully performed the Heimlich maneuver. It's training Sydney had four years ago, but one she was able to expertly recall. She remembered all of the training. I always tell her she has a gift because she's autistic and... She, like, can remember anything, do anything. It's crazy. Impressing her parents. We're really proud of her. And the local police. We could use more of her in this world. Who rewarded her for a good deed done. They gave me $100. It's insane. But better than the monetary reward is what Sydney learned about herself. Feel as though, like, huh, I'm actually capable of, like, contributing to society and actually like capable of making a difference. Because Sydney's standard of service is higher than most. Her store can now claim billions served. You feel like a hero. And one life saved. Eva Anderson, CARE 11 News. Making a difference indeed. Well, Eden Prairie Police give each officer $50 from their crime fund to hand out to community members who go above and beyond or who need help in some way around the holiday season. The two officers who responded each gave Sydney their $50, hence that $100 that Eva mentioned. Well, there you go. I just thought that was... That's so cool. Yeah, I thought that was an awesome story. You know, something nice and light and quick and just was like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's great. Yeah, fantastic little story. And I think that is where we will leave it for everybody. So thank you for listening and we'll get out of here. Yeah. Happy holidays. Yeah, it's like seriously like four. Well, actually, when you listen to this, it'll be after Christmas, but hope you had a great week. You're gearing up for New Year's. That's right. Yeah. Hope you had a good one. Yay. Yay. Thanks for listening to Live, Laugh, Lore. If you have a topic you'd like us to discuss or a question that you're just dying to know the answer to, send us an email at livelaughlorecast at gmail.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at live underscore laugh underscore lore. You can follow Jen on Twitter at Jared Cooster, and you can follow Allie at Allie Anders K. Meanwhile, be kind and take care.